0: Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute.
1: We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts.
0: Welcome everyone. We get to hear from Andrew Reed today. Andrew was in my Shakespeare class I think it was the first Shakespeare class that I taught yes yes it was the first Shakespeare class I ever mentored on my own and um it was fun it was super fun uh we did much 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 do about nothing I think and I can't believe that was
2: first
0: yeah yeah I think were, were you Virgis or were you dogberry?
2: I was Dogberry.
0: Yeah, that's right. You were Dogberry. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. It was <laughs> <laughs> super, super fun. Anyways, yeah. Andrew, you just take a second, introduce yourself uh, to our listeners, kind of tell us where you live and what you do. And
2: Sure. Um, yeah. So uh, my name is Andrew Reed. I uh, am currently residing down in San Diego, California. Um, and I, I am a full-time video editor at the moment. Uh, I've been kind of have a um, background in marketing and um, video production. And so for the last few years, um, I've just kind of focused primarily on on video editing. So career-wise, that's for your...
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get your love for video editing when you and Brady made the ridiculous YouTube videos? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, that was, that was probably part of it. Actually, that was probably just me, uh, trying to, trying to show off to my friends what talents I definitely, definitely didn't have yet. (laughs) 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 No, it was, yeah, it was good. My uncle, my uncle had a small production company, uh, down in Southern Utah. And so he, I was kind of his, uh, guinea pig. He just, have me do whatever he needed help with. And so so that's, I think, what sparked it. And then, yeah, those kinds of little things we did with Brady and uh, Chris Reynolds and, and other friends, we just goofed off and made tons of fun videos.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. They made this absolutely hilarious music video dab. I guess it would now like it would be commonplace, but back then it was pretty cutting edge. It was like, video killed the radio star. It was so funny like laughed so hard and then that was back in the day when you like you had to refil- film it on a video camera move it on uh, on a. did you have like a stick and then put it into the computer edit it and then upload it to youtube you know <laughs> like it was... yeah
2: it was, it was a lengthy process and youtube wasn't what it is now <laughs> yeah no so, you know we were happy yeah. if we got five views <laughs>
0: so um your mom tell us a little bit about your homeschooling story with your mom I mean what do you you know what inspired her to start homeschooling you guys and what homeschooling was like for you and your family
2: that's a good question um my guess is if she heard me she'd be like that's not what happened (laughs) but if I remember correctly a lot of it was she she started, so she started sending my brother to elementary school, uh, my older brother. And during his first few years, um, something just didn't sit quite right. Like she what couldn't figure out what it was. And I think around that same time, she'd started to make friends with uh, Tiffany Earle and uh, Rachel DeMille. And I don't remember actually how they met. Uh, you'd have to ask her. But but that's kind of what the where the transition started, and so she pulled him out of school, and I was at the age where I hadn't yet started going to elementary school, so the homeschool process kind of started there, uh, in the mid '90s, mid to late '90s, and then uh, yeah, it kind of just bloomed. the The homeschool community kind of grew, and people started to get to know other people, and then. Um, you know, I guess the beginnings of of Lemmy were were starting in both, you know, southern and northern Utah. Um and yeah, so I I was just kind of brought into all of that uh while it was happening.
0: Yeah, so um I remember the first time I met your mom. My my mom had decided she was gonna send me to Tiffany's house for a week. <laughs> think I was was young I think I was like 14 and she was like uh you're gonna go help Tiffany um it was when Hiram had his accident um okay and so she's gonna go to help Tiffany for a week you know just because like she was helping out the DeMille's a lot and they were really close and so we went down there to, to help and your mom I guess was up in Salt Lake area and so she's like yeah you can drive down with us so we spent a Four-hour car drive with your mom, total stranger, <laughs> and it was really awesome. I that was like that was a moment. I was like, wow, this lady is phenomenal. And I don't know if you were in the car or not when I went down. Maybe we're, but you would have been little. <laughs> yeah, you would have been yeah. so little. But it was really fun. Your mom was just so full of like light and fun and just just really inspiring. And um and then. Several years later, when I moved to Cedar City to go to Georgia's College, then I was able to teach teach uh, the Shakespeare class after my sister had taught Shakespeare class. So, she had originally taught, and I want to say like that was probably one of the first pilot programs. I think that that you were in that was Natalia. I don't think that we had done too many trainings, so it was like maybe like within the top ten of like yeah. other people doing Shakespeare. That you were in, so you're like the very first of it. Um, so we always like to ask this question, but how do you feel like doing four years of Shakespeare? Yeah, you had four years of Shakespeare, right? Yes, yeah, at least. <laughs> yeah, at least. How do you feel like that's impacted your life, or helped, or shaped it, or set the trajectory of your life?
2: So it's funny you mentioned that because my mom brings Shakespeare specifically up a lot with us kids. Um. When, when, when I, when I was in Natalia's class, my first performance, um, I remember I was, what's his name, Aegeus, in uh, *Midsummer Night's Dream*. He's like, wow, oh, uh, Ophelia's dad. I can't remember. Herm, I, my Shakespeare her, is
0: her, her dad. <laughs> Hermia, Hermia's Hermia. dad. There you yeah, go.
2: Hermia's dad. That's right. Um, anyway, so I, so that's who I was and I had, I had very minimal lines and stuff. It was, it was a perfect role for me because I was really timid still. And apparently after my first performance, um, I remember I was nervous as could be the second performance. Um, my mom came on, came out side. He was at the school, uh, coincidentally down the street from our house Um, but we were just in the hallway there and she's like, Hey, you did so good. She's like, it was so the contrast from what you did the first night to this night was so, you know, so different. Like what, what happened? And I turned to her, I guess, I don't remember this, but she's like, she's like, you just said, I decided mom, I decided. And, uh, so I guess, you know, that was the first time that I really felt like I was starting to get comfortable, uh, getting out of my shell getting out of my box and being willing to try something different, put myself out there for people to laugh at. Um, and that's, I think, kind of what sparked my love for, for Shakespeare and performing. Um, of course, I, then every time I performed after that, I would always still get nervous and everything, being in front of friends and family and everybody. But um, but yeah, it... it that kind of just really helped me to uh to feel more comfortable in places where I normally wouldn't feel comfortable if that makes sense yeah Um,
0: so I actually just read this book I'm reading the book right now and Heidi's gonna laugh because I'm like you always bring up books that you're reading every time I do the episode but it's called the um moral molecule and super interesting because he was studying this um his name is uh zach or paul zach he's a a scientist it's been studying impact of oxytocin and cortisol and epir. oh gosh i can't remember the name of the last one in the brain but it's interesting because when you have to get on stage you have a massive dump of cortisol so like because it's a stress hormone and it's triggered to like keep us alive and so it's like you know you're on stage and you're scared you're like just like you said and then um but he said the difference of like when we get on stage and we have that massive dump of cortisol is that if we i mean he didn't talk about the stage issue but anytime we have to perform in public or do anything we're going to mm-hmm. have that cortisol dump but he said if we can be supported through our stresses, when we get this oxytocin release, then the cortisol can be processed better through our bodies. So it's like, anytime you have to do something stressful, if you have the emotional support of people around you, you can cope through that stress easier. So um, it's just so fascinating because it's like two things when you were talking, just like epiphany for me, is like Shakespeare is a massive cortisol dump for everybody on stage. Because <laughs> everyone's scared out of their mind. But because you were doing it together in a as a unit, it's a massive oxytocin dump. So I don't know if like you remember like at, at the end, everyone always is so sad when the play's over. Like it's this huge, like so sad. Oh, oh man,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> wish this would never end. And then the last the last performance, and everybody's so sad. And I think it's because that like, oxytocin is so strong because you're with your friends doing something super stressful, but you're doing it together. And it's extremely bonding like how close do you yeah. think you are with your friends that you did shakespeare with
2: um very in fact i mean a lot of them i you know we kind of keep in touch on facebook you know but there's but the few friends that i am still to this day super close to are people that i performed with on stage um you know Shane Egan was somebody that I was really close to in school. Still I'm really close to this to this day. Um, Colin McLean is somebody like that. Uh Chris Reynolds is somebody like that. We've worked professionally together for two years. Um, you know, we yeah, definitely a lot of the people that I bonded closest to were from those kinds of experiences. That's so awesome.
0: I it, it I think about like right now, you know, you're a different phase of life and stuff, you know, it's hard to keep your high school friends and keep them going, you know, everyone moves all over the place and there's, you know, all. Over. but I find that super interesting. Like, you know, if you were to get back together, even just getting back together with you, it's like, oh yeah, we know each other. We're yeah. It's like, there's no awkwardness. You can just keep up and keep going. It's like a very unique experience. I mean, even talking to, to Brady and, you know, you know, my brother, um, mm-hmm. he was, he was on the podcast and he was saying. He just really misses that. He doesn't know how to create that in the other places in his life. Like, because it's really hard to be able to find that connection. And I think it actually scientifically has to do with the fact that you have a massive cortisol dump. At the same time, you have an intense oxytocin uh, up up geek. So actually you're bonding, which is really interesting. Well, I
2: I don't want to compare it too much to... uh... To this but in some ways I feel like it's kind of like you're you're fighting together like fighting not necessarily a war but like you're just because you all have a common goal you all have a common purpose you all have uh different parts to play literally and uh you know in the end like you have this amazing performance that you know to to you know if I was watch my shows back like they mean something different to me than they did at the people that were actually watching it at the time. There's, you know, um, but you know, at the end of it, yeah, it felt like, Hey, we just did this extremely hard challenging thing that, that pushed all of us to the limits. And yeah, like how do you not feel more close to somebody after that kind of an experience? I So yeah,
1: go ahead. I think it's really interesting that you, you know, you can still remember the roles that you played. I mean, yeah, you have to kind of think about it, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, I have five sons that have gone through Shakespeare and everything. And I'm like, I, I, I can't even, I remember I have identical twins and they played the identical twins in one of Shakespeare's plays, and I can't even remember the Shakespeare play that it is. So, I mean, I'm really bad on that. But you can remember all of that. And um, it's interesting because one of the things that really sets Lemmy apart is the fact that we are using classics and we use project-based learning. And project-based learning, it has been proven that you remember stuff longer. And so, I mean, it's just, i mean i know my 29 year old he can still recite the uh the declaration of independence and i mean he was like 13 when he took key of liberty but he can still remember it so i mean i think that's pretty cool thank you for for sharing all that
2: yeah
0: so do you have a favorite character going off of that idea that you played if you can even remember
2: uh All of them. So uh, Dogberry was definitely my favorite character to play. But he, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I don't think he's the one I played the best. I think I had other characters that I did a little better. But, yeah, he was definitely the most fun. And I feel like I watched the movies and other performances of that, of Dogberry after. And I'm like, why did I not watch this before? <laughs> <laughs> would have had so much more fun but at the same time it was nice to come you know come at it with just the shakespeare text
0: (laughs) i love his line like thou shalt be condemned to everlasting redemption for this (laughs) we recently um my daughter and recently we watched that and she looked at me and she's like wait i don't think he knows what he's saying i'm like yep that's the point correct yeah (laughs) you're right she's like she's eight when she was watching she's like oh so he's it's not supposed to make sense like no that's the point (laughs) of the character she's like oh okay because I was so confused (laughs) yeah so how do you feel like homeschooling because your mom was like pretty much like you know homeschooling in the 90s so that was weird Mm -hmm. and you homeschooled with the DeMills and the Earls so like you were homeschooling with like kind of I guess you would say the heavyweights in the homeschooling. World.
2: I know. <laughs> I know, yeah.
0: How do you feel like it's impacted impacted you like as far as like if you were to compare yourself to your coworkers or things how has it helped you or how has it hindered you?
2: I that's such a good question. Um I've had conversations about this in the past with uh you know friends and family. Um but only over certain things, I guess. Um, like, I think one way that it helped me, well, first of all, um, I definitely feel like I have a strong sense of patriotism and I can certainly thank uh, Key of Liberty and, um, you know, being like my homeschool group for that. Um, we spent so much time, uh, you know, really diving deep into, um, the founders of this country. And that was, I like just looking around today, I feel like there's, I mean, back then even there was a lack of that, uh, I think throughout our country and now it's seems a lot worse. And so that's one thing I'm definitely grateful for. Um, I think. I think my love for history, um, my love for the English language, even, um yeah, those those were the areas that I feel like I really spent a lot of time. Um, the areas that i that I wish I would have been able to well, I should word it differently. My biggest issue. That I had with my experience of homeschool, and this isn't this wasn't the case with most of my friends, but my experience was, I there wasn't enough discipline for me, and a lot of that was on myself. I wouldn't, I didn't have enough self discipline to sit down and go through materials and make sure I was getting stuff done, so that I'd progress, et cetera. Um, I was way, t- I. I was really social and I would rather be playing my drums or doing something else than doing schoolwork. Um, It's funny now that I have an eight year old, uh, you know, she comes home from school and she is her personality is very different than mine, where she loves to sit down, do her homework, get it done and then go play piano or go, you know, do something else. And uh, I was just not like that. (laughs) And so, you know, that's something that I wish I, I could have done better. And I ha- I do have friends that, that were, you know, that grew up with the same curriculum I did, but they uh, excelled much better than I did. And so, if they're, if like, I think about this a lot, I'm like, man, if I could go back, I would really sit down with myself and be like, Andrew, I know you don't want to do these math problems, but you've got to do these math problems. <laughs> You're going to be kicking yourself in the butt later. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's really, like, I could go down that path if you wanted me to. But that's the stuff that I wish I could have done better. Uh, but yeah. Um, I don't know where to go.
0: <laughs> no, So while you're talking, though, the couple of things that came out with it, because I asked I asked my mom, Nelody, who started by me, I'm like, what do you feel like would if you could see a success story for someone who went through the projects, what would it look like? And one of the things she, she said was that, they love to learn still. Mm-hmm. and I thought it's really interesting. like that's what you basically said like I love my love of history, my love of country, my love of these things. And it's so interesting to hear like people kind of underrate the power of being able to continue continuously love learning and they don't see it as like, a necessary virtue or value, but the fact of the matter is if you love learning and you love to continue to learn, then you're going to be able to push through all the things you need to do and know in order to be successful in life. Right. But like, you know, if you flip side, it's like, and I don't think everybody who's in public school gets, has this happen to them, but I think that maybe if you had been in public school, that would have been squished out of you real fast. Mm -hmm. Any love of learning (laughs) because.
2: Yeah. I just on that note, like, test taking has never been my strong suit. I remember I went to, I was in uh, Driver's Ed and they handed me a, a Scantron and it was the first time I'd ever seen one. And I was, I just was like, drawing, I was writing on it completely wrong, which I didn't know at the time. And, you know, he had to like hand it back to me and was like, have you ever done this before? I'm like, no, <laughs> but anyway, so like test taking was never, I've never, it's never been a strong suit of mine. So like in my college experience and higher education experience, I've had to learn how to take tests. <laughs> and, uh, but that's the difference is like, you know, I feel like when it came, like in my English classes, even in in my first year of college, I was so interested in writing and stuff. And then I, I didn't realize how big of a problem it would be to miss my final because <laughs> uh, I was like, I did so good throughout the whole year. What's so What's so big about a final? Anyway, it was like I didn't turn it in in time, even though I had it done, but I missed the deadline, and so anyway, so it was really bad. But I didn't know that, <laughs> and uh you know, so I wasn't I wasn't uh, prepared for that. But it, but I, that's not because that's what it was supposed to prepare me for. It's just it was a yeah, it was just different. Um, but that's the thing is like there's there's, I feel like a lot of people that I know are really good at taking tests, but you can't go deep into concepts necessarily with them or have more philosophical conversation, um, because it you know a lot of, a lot of their experiences from what I have heard and uh, understand is like you know you you, you learn even in my some of my college courses it's like you just need to be able to pass a test once you pass the test you can clear the course and you're out of there and you don't ever need to think about it again until you're in your work scenario where you actually do need that information <laughs> and the love of learning would be you know really helpful
0: right because then you would have the ability to to learn what you needed to know to get through your work scenario the other right. thing that you're talking about you know the self-discipline is i i'm with you there like i, I do think that um, I mean, you weren't able to take all of the projects because they weren't around.
2: They right. Weren't. Yeah, they I don't high. actually know what is all available today.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, but we, they went, you were at so far at the beginning. Pretty sure we only had Shakespeare and Cape Liberty, really. I think my mom and Tiffany were, were working on finishing Quest, but by the time it was probably done, I don't know if you would have been able to even take it. And then um, I know. Because I had gone through the first version of TGYC, but yeah. then they had like decided they were going to change a bunch of stuff. So I don't know. I can't remember how, if they were training or not, but I know we didn't offer that in Cedar city. We offered when I was there at the Commonwealth, we offered Shakespeare and Cable Reed. Those are two projects that we offered. So
2: yeah. I and then say the pyramid there was third, came along. Yeah. That one. What was it? Pyramid. Pyramid. Yeah.
0: Yeah but you like would have been one older. year of that yeah you would have been older yeah yeah
2: not even probably not even a year like a half
0: year <laughs> yeah but so it's interesting to see though because i think that that has been rectified to some extent because w- with the other projects when they get into quest they really do push the um uh, they push those uh, that accountability and that structure mm. and those deadlines and they do actually like practice those like um, with blue books exams and other things so i'm glad that you brought that up though because i think it really actually is something that i parents should be aware of Is like you know because i think actually the first time i saw scantron test was when i was in um driver's ed as well like i'm pretty mm-hmm. I'm, like i was 100 sure that because i'm thinking back I'm like yeah i remember being super confused as to what the bubble things were too and being like what are you supposed to do what is with this?
2: this yeah <laughs> yeah and no, I think. Oh go ahead. They
1: don't ha- they don't have scantrons anymore. They do just they just do it on a computer. But yeah. my 17-year-old um it took him several times to get through that test because he just he was he's like you, he just didn't do te- he doesn't do tests well. Mm-hmm. Um it's part of just how he learns and things like that. But the actual behind the wheel, he got 100% first time. Yeah. And- yeah. I,
2: I, in practice, I was very, very visual. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I, I'm still super visual. I mean, it's in my job. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, like finding other ways to teach. Like I was not, I, I didn't, I think that's one reason why I found math so hard is because I just writing these concepts were really difficult for me. But when I was able to visualize it and see it in practice, that's when I the concepts really stuck. Um, so yeah, it's been interesting.
0: Well, I think test taking is a weakness that I think just has to do with the person because I mean, both my brothers who graduated from public high school, they don't do well on tests. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's like, even though they both had four years of public high school, like they both really struggle. So, you know, it's the one thing I do love about leadership education, you know, like, you know, people will be shocked and surprised that like, yeah, my brothers graduated from high school. And it's like, well, that, I mean, that was the education path that my parents felt like would be the what they needed, you know? So, like, that's what I like mm-hmm. about leadership education is, yes, at Lemmy, we do promote these classes and we hope that these projects work for you and, and work in your family. But the fact of the matter is, like, the child needs the education that they're trying to pursue for their unique genius and their unique calling and mission. So, if that means they need to be in high school, then that's where they go, right? Like, <clears throat> I like it. It has that flexibility. But... Yeah. I also think it's really interesting though, because even though, you know, my brothers did end up going through high school, they still love learning and they still love pursuing mm-hmm. and getting better, you know? And so I think that that's just a mindset that's different. Like you, whether you do it in the public school systems or you do it at home, it's the mindset that you're trying to like instill in the children, you know?
2: Yeah. Well, that's my, I mean, my wife was public schooled her entire life and uh She absolutely she has a love of learning. It's just it's just she learns differently than I do, you know, Um, but that's there. I mean, if there's if there's something she wants to learn, she's she's on it.
0: (laughs) So do you feel like being homeschooled hindered you in the dating world? Because a lot of people worried about that. Like how what about prom and what about like social and dating and those things?
2: It's a good question. Um, so I wrestled in high school, um, all throughout high school, and I attended our our seminary, um, LDS seminary. Um, so that was so the seminary was in the morning, and then so I I got to know a lot of the kids at the high school. And then with wrestling, I got to know even more. And so even though I spent time with the Commonwealth uh, during the day, um, you know, I still got to, to get myself out there and get myself known, I guess, to, uh, other high schoolers, other kids around, um, our community was decent sized, And so, um, we had a lot of awesome girls that I was interested in. (laughs) And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I dated girls in high school that were at in the Commonwealth, that were not in the Commonwealth, some that were in the Commonwealth of North. And uh, so, I mean, I, I guess I got to know a lot of people. That was also the same. It is really unique because that's the same time that social media started coming around. You know, that was 2007, uh, 2006, 2005 and 2006 is like when Bebo was a thing. Some old school people will know what that was. And then uh, and MySpace, and then uh, Facebook came around, and thankfully because of those things, and then other the things that were going on, like Youth for America, um, I really got to know a lot of people, and we stayed in contact. And then, you know, when George With would have their their balls or their galas or whatever they were doing, um, we'd always we'd always attend to those things and get to know people and. Um, so I, so my dating experience was within the homeschool community. It was actually pretty awesome because they were all really good people. And I think since we shared a lot of the same values, we just, yeah, it, we had a good time.
0: We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comment
1: section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, Please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at
0: Lemmimentor So while you're talking it kind of had like is trying to keep track of all the different social aspects that you had in your life. I think there was like six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> and like um I was reading about uh this book, it was, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but it's um the the, the guy that wrote or compiled the Great Book series, um, Mortimer Adler. He has a book called The Great Conversation, and he talks about mm-hmm. the like public school is just a social aspect, um and and he's like, but the the thing about it is, is that it's not very good social aspect because there's better ones like scouting and church, and sports and um dances and social clubs and so like it was interesting because I was talking to Mike you basically have all those things in your life you had sports and you had your religious community then you had your Commonwealth community then you had like community that was connected to community outside of it and like all the way across the state I mean I like you know it was weird to me when I would talk to my friends in my neighborhood that their friends all came from what like a five mile you know geographical area and I was like my friends span all up and down <laughs> the, the Rocky Mountains, like yeah. friends in Canada. And I've got friends in, in Idaho. I got really good friends in Idaho and I got really awesome friends. And um, and just because I don't see them on a daily basis, I feel like my relationships are sometimes like almost better or stronger than, than you know. And it's right. I think that's true because like we had social media and we back when I think it was you could actually was connecting with your friends and not just watching ads or reels or shorts right
2: right like yeah, it, really it was, was connecting it was connecting yeah no that was the thing like social media was all about being more just being closer to those people um then things changed over time but but i will say um you know going to things like shakespeare showdown um I, I don't want i can't pass that up i mean that was that was awesome uh, that was, I remember the first one we went to, uh, was where I think, I can't remember if you, if the Northern group came down first, or if we came up there first, we have well, a little bit of footage from one of those we, <laughs> that I came oh over, no way, came you totally
0: have to post that sometime. Oh That's yeah. That's so, yeah. so awesome. So what I think ended up happening is we came down first to go to the Shakespeare
2: yeah, um, that, that festival
0: sense. in Cedar city. And then you hosted your fam your families hosted all of the kids and yeah. the families, and then they got super close and had a blast. So then we were like, let's get together. So you came up and then, then our families hosted your families. Yeah. And, um, yeah that was so fun i remember that first because you guys performed midsummers and i think we performed much ado Mm -hmm. and um yeah i think that was when like was rachel was benedict or something or uh, beatrice and i think that i can't remember and or maybe it was even yeah one of those but yeah it was it was so then you came up and then that just kept happening every year we'd come down in the summer for the festival. And then you would, you guys would come up in the spring and perform for us. And then we got too big. So we went up to those cabins and we had tons more people join us, more troops join us. Yep. Were you ever able to go to the cabins?
2: Once or twice. Yeah. Um, I remember for sure. Once. I feel like I went twice. Cause I, I remember being asked to come do photography one time. So I think I came up a second time to come help out with that. But that was
0: such a magical thing that happened. I mean, it was just crazy to be like when it was when I ran it for Natalia one year and and it's peak. And I think we had, I want to say, 18 troops. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. We had so many kids. I had to have like I think I had to have 20 something counselors. I was like pulling out of the woodwork trying to find these counselors like i just need these counselors it was so cool so fun to have like we had i think we had four plays going on at at all the different locations for three days straight to get everybody in yeah those
2: those were fantastic i and and i bring up the first one because i remember the first time we got together with the northern group it was almost like it was almost like you had two uh uh tribes on opposite ends of an island and they meet for the first time that's what it was like <laughs> it was like new blood <laughs> um, It was
0: because you're such a weird like growing up at a homeschool and then growing up with the homeschool that does weird stuff like lemmy yeah. you're like a sub like, sub tribe of a subset like you're such and to finally meet some other weird kid like you it was super validating
2: <laughs> yeah no, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's, I remember that very well. And just being like, dang, these guys are so good at this. <laughs> Their Shakespeare plays awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I stayed, I mean, that's when I first met Chris Reynolds. And like I said, Chris, like our relationship goes back to when we're 13. We're more recently in like 2020, right at the beginning of pandemic, I had lost my job and he was working on a project and so he was able to get me a job working with him and we worked together while i was still in utah for a while and um so yeah it's just interesting how that works out but yeah those are the closest some of the closest relationships i have are still from those groups it's
0: it's kind of cool to to hear that that I don't know. It, it makes me want to be like, Oh my gosh, now I got to build like 10 more Commonwealth schools out here in Kentucky. So my <laughs> kids can have weird, you know, nostalgic experiences with other uh, awkward Shakespeare loving <laughs> schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> but I I do remember like those events were some of the biggest highlights of, of, you know, my youth, Ron, honestly, you know, yeah. to your family and the people in, in the Southern group it became like, like, almost like cousins,
2: you know? <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean, as a director, I remember as a director, you you were just such a great director because you weren't afraid to, I mean, maybe you were, but it didn't seem like you were afraid to, to be like, guys, we've got to figure this out. But then also, you were like super fun. So there was this, that you, you walked the line really well between being like terrifying and <laughs> um an amazing uh like fun peer, almost um but that was the thing at the end of every I remember production day would finally come and like it was just all the stars aligned they were it was it always went really well at least it uh, to me it did
0: (laughs) I know it always does it always does but there's always that like you know that dress rehearsal where you're just like this is just going to be A total disaster. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I think it was kind of gutsy because I was, I was like 18 or 19 and I was like leading. How many kids do we have in that class? I was like solo mentoring. A lot. (laughs) 27 kids, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of kids. (laughs) It was nuts. Yeah. And, and like I said, watching back a lot of the video that I've been going through lately, like more credit needs to go to, moms and dads that i didn't realize back then you know you like they put a lot of work and and uh, effort into making sure everything went as it should
0: oh yeah and grandmas and, and grandma. your grandmother <laughs> ca- costumes i think both <laughs> of the plays that i did in yeah, there and see
2: i don't even remember that and that's yeah, yeah absolutely i should remember that goodness she, yeah. she
0: was she was phenomenal. It's really cool to see like you know, looking back to see the amount of adults that were involved in our, you know, in our lives to make us have success. You know, it's really
2: mm-hmm.
0: inspiring to be like, you know, we weren't just sent off to fend for ourselves, but there was such a strong community of adults and peers helping us to find ourselves. <clears throat> so I wanna go back to something you you said originally about, like, when it clicked for you to do Shakespeare, but you said, I decided that I was going to do it. How, how impactful do you feel like it was for you to, like, take ownership of your life and your education?
2: Man, that's a good question. Um Ask me one more time so I can make sure I understand what no, you're saying. Yeah. But... So
0: like you made the comment that you decided. Right. Your mom asked you, why did, why did you why were you so much better tonight than the other night? And you said, I because I decided. So what role did you choosing or having the ability to ch- make choices play in your education and then also in your life today?
2: so is interesting because I feel like I am a pretty indecisive person usually (laughs) and uh you know throughout my life I've I've always struggled even with my career with my schooling like what the heck do I want to do because I just I like too many things right like I I will go down one path that's like when I started in college, I started down graphic design. And I'm like, then I got into that and I'm like, oh man, I really don't know. And a lot of people go through this, um, whether they're homeschooled or not. But then it's like, okay, then they go down another path. And you're like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't for me. And so you start going down something else. So then I start going down film. And then the more I got into film, the more I realized, man, that industry is cutthroat and not necessarily the type of lifestyle that I'm going to want for my family so then I'm like okay I'm going to pivot and so then eventually I settled in marketing and I'm like hey marketing that encompasses so much of what I really love and you know a lot of it um, applies to what I do I see things now in my with what I do now um, in a way that if I didn't have those kinds of experiences uh, going down those paths then I wouldn't necessarily be able to perform as well Um, and, you know, then there's another part of me that wants to be a pilot. And so I'm like, well, do I stop everything I'm doing and go be a pilot? And I'm like, wow, I'm not getting any younger. And (laughs) so I was just, uh, you know, constantly and just bombarded with those kinds of thoughts as I, as I go through things. And I see, and I see my friends, you know, that just have this really cut dry path of like, I'm going to be a physician and, or I'm going to be this or that or whatever it is and you know that from looking looking at them from the outside just looks like wow they've got it all together um <laughs> and so i i i guess i i struggle with that is like trying to figure out what how do i what decisions do i want to make um but i always have to just root myself back to what i think are the most important decisions as far as you know um how am I raising my children? You know, what kind of husband am I? Uh, how do I contribute to my community around me? Those types of, of things that, that at the end of the day have a greater impact than a lot of the other things that I worry about. Um, so I don't know if I answered your question, but.
0: <laughs> no, I love there's... what you brought up, because I think this is one of the big debates that happens in the leadership education community world is like, Oh, I gotta find my mission and do it. And it's like, well, that's just maybe you'll be one of the lucky few that's like, oh, my mission is a doctor and like didn't do that. You know what I mean? But like I feel like that's just and while you're talking, like to me, maybe you look back at your life and like this is this is I'm not I'm kind of crazy all over the board and I'm maybe not, you know, being successful. But to me, I think there's a lot of beauty in everything that you've described. And and I know that's maybe <clears throat> kind of an odd thing to say but when when i was at george with we had a visiting lecturer come his name was abraham gileadi and he was a he was a scholar on isaiah and he um came and he talked about he says growth is never straight linear and he talked to us about in isaiah and jeremiah They talk about the mountains and the valleys and how as you progress in life you can only go as high as as low as you've gone before mm-hmm. and that if you really want to reach the highest peak that means you must have visited the lowest valley otherwise you'll never be able to reach the height of the highest peak because you cannot you can't be able to like he explained like you you can't be able to understand what it's like to get to that highest peak until you've gone through the valley to get there And Hmm. he he shared several scriptures and i wish i was better versed in my scriptures and um i think it's the scripture in jeremiah but anyways um and for me i've always thought about i was like that's interesting whatever but while you're talking like what epiphany that i have is like if you were to look at any great person's life you could you you probably couldn't really pinpoint a moment where like that's the moment where they were decided that they were awesome and they were on the trajectory. It's like no, it's it looks like this. Like it's yeah. a constant, like up and down and up and down. I mean, if you look at Abraham Lincoln's life, it's like ran for office lost, ran for office lost, <laughs> ran for office won, stayed in office for one term, ran for office lost, ran for office lost, ran on a shoestring, hoping a prayer in this really weird off, you know, weird party, won barely. And then won the country through great division. I mean, <laughs> barely won, right? It's like, yeah, and, and so it's like, it, but what I love that you say is like, no, nope, to think that you can, it's a lie. It's a flat out lie to think that you can leave your house at 18 and know where you're going to be when you're 40. It's right. a flat out lie. It just doesn't work and especially in today's world to prepare your child to be like, oh, you want to be a doctor, a dentist, or you know, okay, maybe there's a few people who take that path, but the fact of the matter is, like, probably what you're doing now when you were eighteen wasn't a job. Yeah. Like the industry didn't exist, or at least to the extent to which it exists now. Right. And so, you know, I think that the beauty is like you have to have the type of education that's going to allow you to go up and down through through life. And stay solid on what matters. Just like you said, what kind of man am I? What kind of father am I? What kind of husband am I? And what kind of person am I in my community? To me, that's the most beautiful answer because that's in the end when you die, that's what's going to be on your gravestone, right? It's not going to be the 20 jobs or whatever the one job you had.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I have really appreciated through this entire conversation is that you have taken responsibility for everything. It's like, well, I wish I had spent more time doing math. You know, I decided I did this and it wasn't, you know, ah, my mom didn't do this right or whatever. It's you recognize that it's, was your responsibility and it's your education. And, um, and I mean, I'm, <laughs> Tati actually went through it. I've just had all 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 five of my boys go through it, and I mean, I look back on my life and I I see all those ups and downs and ups and downs and all the crazy stuff and all the crazy different things that I've done. And you know, I have I have three different degrees, and it's like, okay, I'm not even doing anything like <laughs> I got my degrees in, and but it all makes sense. I mean, I, I can I've I've gotten far enough in my life and. I think this is one of the blessings that Lemmy has given me too, is that I can see, even though it's been this really weird travel, you know, journey, it all helps me where I am. And um, I think you'll find that eventually as well, but it's the fact that you are taking responsibility for your life and for, for, And figuring out what is the most important thing. I think that's awesome. And I know you're going to be doing great things going forth and going forward and and, um, helping your kids do the same. I think that's
2: awesome. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I I think that was such an awesome answer because it was real. And it was also just like, to me, it shows me like the value of homeschooling. And really is the grounding that can happen, right, where you can really be grounded in, in your values and, and in knowing who you are, right, even if you don't necessarily like, I don't know, I don't know if I have had life figured out quite yet. <laughs> I'm in that same boat, my husband just had a massive career shift, you know uh-huh. in his thirties, so all right, yeah let's let's do this, you know, <laughs> like, um, and I think that there's so much, many more people that are in the same place you are at, but it's beautiful to see like that you do have like a good perspective on things, so maybe you will become a pilot now, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I uh going down that path, but we'll see <laughs> it's a slow one. <laughs> It's so um,
0: interesting though to look back and be like all the things that you've done and where they lead you. You know, it's 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 yeah. painful to reflect, but well, also- and
2: and a lot of I mean, for myself, and I'm sure you guys too, like the all of those experiences have had their ups and downs and their pros and their cons. But like I've met people that have been um a key player in my life that have helped me help shape me as I've grown um because because I've made decisions like that you know I went um to snow college uh for a semester before I left on my LDS mission and it was on a whim because my cousin's like hey I'm in this choir you should come join the choir with me at the school and I was like okay (laughs) I didn't know what college was like and that was where I had a very that experience opened my eyes to what life was going to be like when I returned back from my mission and kind of gave me a kick start and a kick in the butt that I needed so that I you know could could at least land on my feet when I got home (laughs) and uh, I think without that you know it wouldn't have been that way but I met people there I had experiences there that I think about often um so yeah uh I'm all all about that.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking your time with us today. It's been super fun to catch up and to hear your insights and <laughs> to, get to see where you're at right now. Um, so I always like to um, end with this question. The name of our podcast is Lemmy Works. And so how do you feel like Lemmy worked for you in your life? I know you only got to do two projects because that's all that existed at the time. <laughs> but how do you feel like that's worked for you?
2: it's hard for me to put into words because I kind of get emotional and I just think about the connections uh, and the um, relationships that I built uh, and that relationships other people built with me because of these experiences. Um, I think, I think because of the approaches that, these classes and these programs take you're able to connect on a much deeper level with your peers um, and your parents than you might otherwise get to Um, there was even if a production at our local high school was so much better in in quality like they they had all the props they have all the things there was something missing every time we went and I think a big part of that was you could tell when the characters the the, the actors behind the characters knew really knew each other and loved each other and uh versus you know it's it's a class and you take your lines and you you go up and do the, read the thing like you know, not all performances were like that, but um, a lot of them were. They were missing something. And I don't mean to compare directly, but that's just it, one of my experiences. so I so that's one of the ways I think it let me really works. Um, you you grow those deep connections that you know if I have if I'm going through something or want to get an opinion on something, these are the same people I still call <laughs> and talk to today. So, um, and it, you know, at the end of the day, I think that's, I think that matters a lot more, uh, than a lot of other things that we might sometimes put first.
0: I'm totally with you. I, I get emotional thinking about it too. Just like thinking back on the, the two two years that I mentored the Shakespeare class that you were in like I, c- I can name every single one of the kids that was in that class and I could name I don't know if I could name the I probably could name every part they had in each play um but oh my gosh like if I saw them in person I would have uh, the amount of emotion in uh, would be so palpable how much love I have for them, how much love I have for you. Like I was like, oh, I should get Andrew Reed on here. It'd be so fun to just talk to him. And and it's it's funny like listen to you and like trying not to get emotional because you know <laughs> trying to talk. But just like I think you're right. Like it's this something that happens. It's just magical and, and it's and if you know as we've been talking to other people who've experienced the projects it happens to them too. So obviously it's been it's not just you know this unique one and done experience. Like it's been happening for years all across the country now. But it's it, it's something it's hard to put into words i really think until you experience it like remember the circle of doom that we used to call it i don't know if you were the one that came up with that Words it's like every we right we were really struggling with our taming of the shrew remember it was like really bad it was yeah. really bad <laughs> Yeah. that might have not been your fault well i don't know if you were one of the ones that didn't have your lines down uh, i, I know, probably didn't
2: have my lines down.
0: <laughs> i know that we had a couple of main leads that didn't have their lines down and mm-hmm. it was really struggling remember it was like it was so we were yeah. we had double cast and we were super full and our rehearsal schedule was crazy and i was in the middle of finals at college it was so stressful and i remember like being like this isn't working i just want to quit and so and so we we ran through the play and i was like this is garbage guys And so, like, I sat everyone in that circle. Remember that? And then I I put one person in the middle of the circle. Do you remember? And then I don't even remember what I did. I made every person go up to that one person in the middle and tell them why they loved them. (laughs) Looking back, I'm like, that was probably super (laughs) awkward for (laughs) 13, 14, 15-year-old kids to, like, go up to their (laughs) friend and tell them why they loved them. But, like, looking, like, you know, also back, like, that... People still talk about that performance, that the showdown that we did. Like, like I have, like my sister Natalia, she's like, that's the best Shakespeare play I've ever seen. And um, <laughs> Serenity Hunt was on here. It's like, oh my gosh, your Timmy of the shoe was the best Timmy of the shoe I've ever seen. <laughs> and like, I've I've had multiple people tell me that's the best play they've ever seen. And I think it comes down to what you talked about right there, which is like, because the emotional connection was so strong between everyone, and they just had immense support and love. It really opened everybody up to really perform to their best possible, and take the performance to the next level, which is you know what ended up happening. So, yeah, I'm grateful that you were a young boy in my class <laughs> forever ago. <laughs>
2: me too. Me too. Oh man! No, Thanks for tonight. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I look back at all those memories with nothing but fondness. I mean, they were. They were some some of the best best times of my life, I think.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired, but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.